everybody get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast with Dave and Nikki Nellis on a beautiful pool day. It is a pool day. Unfortunately, our pool's not open. It's not. But Can't there put, are pools that are open. I would like to put this beautiful body in the sun, but yes. <laughs> I'm talking about yours, not uh, mine. I would like to put my body in the sun, too. I would like to put your and body in the sun. And other places. I could put it other places as well. It's not that kind of show, I <laughs> not yet. think, but it could be. Mm-hmm. All right, so we've got a great lineup today. Megan Robbins is uh, here with us. Uh, she's now with the Canopy by Hilton Hotel down on the wharf, and she's the executive chef and lead culinary enthusiast. Mm-hmm. Are you enthusiastic? I'm so enthusiastic. Good. All Excellent. right, we're going to find out all about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I really want to talk about Whiskey Charlie, which is their great rooftop bar. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I know. I've been. You haven't. I that's why I want to talk about it. Okay. All right. So in Vintage Virginia is coming up. It's the fabulous wine festival out in Centerville. Um, what's great is that uh, we've got the folks from Horton Vineyards here. Uh, Shannon Horton's here. And they just won the Virginia Governor's Cup. Woohoo! Let's go Look at you, it. girlfriend. That's amazing. And that's, that's pretty impressive. They beat 509 other wines uh, entered into the mm-hmm. competition, so we're going to hear huge about deal. that. It's a deal. We were there a couple years ago. And we're going to be especially nice if she pops open one of those bottles of Viognier. <laughs> oh, my if, God. If not, you're out, Shannon. Hint, hint, hint. All right, and two guests who are especially close to my heart are the, uh, uh, the, the team of cultural anthropologist Amy Riolo and Dr. Sam Pappas. They've teamed up to offer uh, culinary and medical inspirations to people who can live longer and better lives. Uh, Amy has just come out with a fabulous new cookbook. T- t- is today the pub date? Tomorrow. Tomorrow is the pub date. The Mediterranean Diabetes Cookbook. Dr. Pappas wrote the intro, and uh, he's an anti-aging specialist, and I'm anti-aging. The closer I get to the grave, the more anti-aging I am. So I'm. I want to be... be anti-aged. I'm all for that. You haven't aged a day since I met you. <laughs> That's not true. And. Anyway. The Rammies are coming. The Rammies Yay! Are coming. Rammies are coming. June 30th at the convention center. We've had a bunch of the nominees in here. Ryan Rotino's. We've had one of the nominees. <laughs> no, we've had two, right? One. Okay, well. But we have more coming. Maybe it was booze and I was seeing twice. You're right. That's possible. <laughs> Uh, Ryan Rotino's the Michelin star. Uh, but he's uh, not oh, in hint. He's not my in My God, can I get through this? Oh my God, it's like being married. Forever. This oh, is the longest intro I'm, ever. It's going to get longer if you don't stop. Okay. I'm telling you. All Let's right, anyways. Ryan uh, is the chef owner of Bresca. They've got a Michelin star. They're also Rammy nominated for their cocktail program. Will Patton's here. He's the bar director. Is that what you are? Manager, director. Nobody can hear you if you're not in front of the mic, just so you know. (laughs) All right, but I got him. And we're going to be hearing from Will today. Uh, First, we're going to go to Christine Illich, who is at the uh, Bethesda Central Farm Market. She is the soup queen. She's got heirloom kitchens. And everybody. (laughs) Soup queen, right? Your Majesty, it's great to talk to you. Hi there. I want everybody to know that disagreement we had is the first fight we've had in 25 years of marriage. Okay, nobody cares. So, Christine, tell us a little bit. You're at the Bethesda Market today. Tell us about what's going on in market, and we really want to hear about Heirloom Kitchens. 
Okay. Well, right now at the market, it's very busy. We finally had to have a sunny day. Every Sunday it has rained, so we finally have a beautiful sunny day. Mm-hmm. And um, gosh, there's just everything here. Strawberries, asparagus, lots of greens, lots of salads. So there's lines at every vendor. And it's, and it's, it's strawberry really season. Nice. Strawberry season is super short, right? It doesn't last long. It's yeah, it's pretty short. It's a couple weeks, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like just the market just gets slammed when the strawberries come in. So it's really so fun. yummy. Nice. Tell us about your soups. And they're delicious. You make fabulous soups. Okay, so I do. They're all vegetarian, mostly vegan, actually. Mm. And I just, you know, I work with the seasons and I make um, lots of seasonal soups. I also have some standards that I do pretty much year-round. Um well, I do now lots that it's, of lentils and beans. But and now that it's getting warmer like out, that. now that it's getting warmer out, what are you doing for like less hearty soups? Right. So it's like today the beets are in. So mm-hmm. I'm doing um, borscht. I'm doing a chilled borscht, which mm. people either love or hate. Beets. With sour cream. <laughs> right. Yes, with a little sour cream on top. So I do that one, and that one's uh, to eat chilled. And then I also do a sweet pea soup with lots of fresh mint from my garden, which mm-hmm. is delicious. Um, and what else am I doing? Actually, a lot of tomatoes are in. A lot of the vendors do um, greenhouse tomatoes, and they're beautiful. So I'm doing this also a tomato carrot with lots of fresh basil, which can also be eaten cold. So that's a nice light option as well. God, that sounds and delicious. And then as the months go on, I do, um, I do gazpachos as well, of course. Great. And so I understand from Mitch that um, all your packaging is sustainable. What does that mean? That means that I've switched from plastic, and mm-hmm. I'm now using a craft paper container. So it's compostable, it's mm-hmm. recyclable, and it comes from a renewable resource. So I just kept reading so much about plastic in the ocean and stuff, and I just, you know, really needed to make the switch. So well, That is so, so exciting. Yeah. And what we understand is that uh, the goal for all of Central Farm Markets next year is that all the packaging there will be sustainable. So no plastic bags, all, no plastic. They're looking to be right. uh, as sustainable as possible, which, which is, is amazing. Thing, yeah. We're thrilled to support that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really into it. So, yeah, I'm excited about that, too. Okay, so, great. Christine, tell. thank you for joining us today on the phone. I know you're busy at the market. Sure. Tell everybody where they can find yep. you today. Today I'm at Bethesda Central Farm Market. It's actually at the at, between Arlington Boulevard and Georgetown Road, right at the uh, elementary school here. It's this big parking lot, and I'm here until 1.30. All right. <clears throat> you yeah. there? Okay. So everybody go to Bethesda Central Farm Market and the other Central <laughs> Farm Markets, too. Go uh, online to centralfarmmarkets.com. Mm-hmm. You'll find out everything. Okay. Thank yep. you. Exactly. All right. All, All right. right. Thank you. So, Will, well Bresca, yes, let's, Bresca. Talk, let's talk about you first. Like, how did you get into the bar biz? Uh, well, I wanted to be the great American novelist, and then turns out... Didn't like, we all? Well, you have to drink to be a great American novelist, I thought right? that, and it turns out you also have to and... write. And <laughs> that, uh, that part, I was good at one of those. Uh, but you sit me behind a desk for like 30 minutes, I'm going to bounce off the walls. Uh, I can be behind the bar for four hours, six hours, 12 hours, and just keep talking. Okay. So, it worked out. So how did you wind up at Bresca? Uh, I moved up here from New Orleans. I'm actually a local boy. I grew up in Alexandria, but I mm-hmm. bounced around because I left when I was 18. Uh, moved back. I uh, I knew Juan Coronado, who is uh, of one course. of the part owners. I did Legacy with him a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. So he was looking for someone at Bresca, and uh, he reached out. What's your cocktail education? 
Uh, I mean, other than New Orleans, and just drinking. And drinking at your typewriter. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> so scotched by the uh, tumble. Uh, right. I, I just uh, graduated from Bar 5. I'm Bar 5 Ready, which is a uh, prestigious alcohol school sort of thing, mm-hmm. but mostly self-taught. I've worked with a lot of really good bartenders, and I've tried to uh, learn from them and then studied on my own. And when you were putting together or working with Ryan for the program at Bresca, because it's a very unique cocktail program, hence your Ramy nomination. Thank you. What were you trying to accomplish? Uh, so two things. We want to make sure that everything pairs with the food, not mm-hmm. like order dish A and you want to have a cocktail that will pair directly with that. But you don't want anything that's going to like overpower a dish. You want food uh, drinks that are complementary. Mm-hmm. We also want to do uh, cross-utilization Pretty much everything we use behind the bar is also used in the kitchen. Uh, we use a lot of each other's ingredients. So, uh, for instance, one of the cocktails today is going to use a farmer's cheese whey, and it's the uh, the whey that's broken from the cheese that we serve. Yeah. So we use that for an emulsification. No way. Okay. Way. Way. Okay, way. Where there's a will, there's a way. Okay. Oh, my God. Very that, nice. That's your hashtag. Yeah. All right. Okay. Nikki's out. You're in okay. as co-host. All right. You're out. All right. So, Will, what are you making first? Uh, so, the first one we're going to start off today is the Thrice Born. Uh, this is going to be a sort of uh, grape martini-esque uh, cocktail. We try to use utilize the entire grape for it. So, it's a Rajaro uh, Sangani base. Sorry, Tila, I mispronounced that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be a, a Bolivian brandy from Muscadat Alexandria grapes. So very floral. Then we use a little bit of grappa, a little bit of uh, Martini Rossi and Brado Vermouth for a bitterness. We uh, crush Muscadel grapes in a um, fruit press at the restaurant. And then we do a little bit of Gruner Veltner for acidity. So you have fresh grape juice, fermented grape juice, and distilled grape juice all in the same cup. As long as it's something simple right, really that you can simple, do at home, though. folks. Oh, of Very course. Simple. Yes. Thank you. I also all right, well, you it. make that for us, and we're going to get to our first Like a guest. mad scientist. Yes. All right, so Megan Robbins. Again, hey she's the exec chef and lead culinary enthusiast. <laughs> you seem enthusiastic. At the uh, Canopy Central on the Wharf. Uh, let's sort of talk. I know you're from Savannah. How did, You went to Johnson so, & Wales, and yeah. I don't know much else. Tell us. Yeah, so I'm from Statesboro, Georgia, so right there off the coast, kind of the farm town girl. Um, Savannah's kind of the flagship city that we kind of claim. We love it. We yeah. do love Savannah. Um, and then I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina to go to culinary school and spent about eight years there and then took a vacation to D.C., never had been up here before, mm-hmm. and reconnected with someone that I used to work with, and he's like, Hey, I have a chef position open. Do you want to come try it out? And well, when you were in North Carolina, yeah. what kind of foods? Like, what were you gravitating to? What kind? What was your? So what was your culinary passion? I've always just been southern influenced, and mm-hmm. I like to take southern food and make it into kind of just like anything I'm feeling. So, like, even the other day at Zufari, we were doing sorghum glazed kind of pork belly and putting it with watermelon. So it's kind of that that. Southerny influence, but mm-hmm. it also had a very like Asian kind of feature with sorghum glaze and soy oh sauce. Oh my god, and you have to stop. I have to empty my drool cup. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> god. Um, right. So then you come up here. So the wharf is totally brand new. Oh, totally right? brand new. Totally cool area. I mean, it's 
it's something that it's exciting to see DC kind of grow into because obviously the backstory of the wharf is not great, but mm-hmm. now it's kind of being rebuilt and being this, you know, like nightlife and this city life. People are coming to the rooftop and drinking at one o'clock in the afternoon and enjoying it. I bet Will Patton's there. <laughs> Will Patton is in Prescott because he's working. But when you're doing, so you're at the Canopy Hotel, yeah, which is Hilton's kind of like, it's the lifestyle luxury brand. So right. we're bringing this kind of that Waldorf Astoria, that classic Hilton Hotel to the millennial. We're bringing it to the average traveler who. So David can't go because he's not a millennial. Yeah. <laughs> but you, it, but it's not just focused on millennials. It's kind of bringing out this like, it's giving you all the good from those high end hotels, but also making it like approachable for an everyday guest, mm-hmm. someone who's just popping in. Okay, but I know we've been, I've been to both the canopy, because there's a canopy also up at Pike and Rose, and they're really, the aesthetics are really fabulous, you know, they're very clean, nice lines, um, and you have, and there's lots of outdoor space. Absolutely. So you have a sick patio. Yeah, they've taken their time, and we're, I mean, like, even with this huge patio area that's right there nestled in between the Hyatt House and the canopy, is this extreme area for events, and so, I mean, even, like, with Memorial Day coming up, we're... Mm -hmm doing our huge backyard barbecue. We're going to have some live music out there, hamburgers, brats, that kind of stuff going on. And, you know, Chef will be working the grill and making people happy and, you know, celebrating Memorial Day. So wait, Day. is that going to be at their at the pool or upstairs on the roof? It's going to be upstairs. Not It's going to be in our, uh, like, central area, the pan, the patio area. Okay. How come our pool central? doesn't do that? I don't know. Well, yeah. doesn't matter. We're not gonna <laughs> our pool here. has two boards <laughs> nailed together where you can get last year's hamburger. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about all the deliciousness you brought in on the show today. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a minute. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to Megan Robbins, who is the executive chef and lead culinary enthusiast at the Canopy Central on the Wharf. So I'm in marketing, so I, like, those kinds of phrases are, you know, part of my world. But what is a lead? What do you get to do as a lead culinary enthusiast besides being enthusiastic? So, I mean, you're breaking out of the corporate kind of box for a chef and you're getting passionate about the food that you're actually creating. You're not sticking kind of to the lines of, you know, the day in, day out chef world. Like you're going to food shows, you're, you know, meeting with purveyors, you're going farm to table, but you're doing it in this, you know, awesome culinary corporate setting well because mm-hmm. hotel food is is notoriously static right absolutely a- so that's kind of what canopy central's done or canopy as a brand for hilton has done is they've like broken the mold for these positions to be truly in love with what you're doing because that's so you don't have done. somebody from corporate coming in and say oh i always have they someone. don't toast it that way <laughs> darling you know yeah no? definitely but they're they're let you be you they let you be free they've let me kind of take DC by storm with this southern menu that I'm doing and mm-hmm. you know letting me put my own influence on it so well so let's talk about your menu we have about yeah. a minute left okay. tell us about the kinds of things you're serving on the menu both downstairs and upstairs oh so what I've done is I've kind of taken it and I've taken like the classics like even today with the with the, what I've brought you I've brought you like a hummus our hummus was one of the best sellers when I got to this hotel and I've taken it and made it into a boiled peanut hummus I've taken a southern favorite Blended it down, made it into something that's approachable and people know, and you would never believe that it's boiled peanuts instead of, you know, the traditional chickpea. I love that combination. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's really, really cool. And people cool. turn their nose up at it, and then they're like, whoa, boiled Can peanuts Can you pass it over? Good. I want to taste it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, I love boiled peanuts. 
And but that what? is an especially and southern then, thing. And then you, our, how do you make your deviled eggs? Our deviled eggs are my mom's recipe, except it's got a little bit more heat kind of in the base of it. And then it's done with a little bit of smoked bacon uh, that also has a little bit of sugar on it, just some candy bacon kind of flavoring. So yeah, you can't eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm tor- terrorizing you. It's beautiful, But it's though. beautiful. <laughs> All right, so let's tell everybody where the canopy is and, how, you know, Yeah, canopy's right there on the wharf. Uh, so Canopy Central is the main kind of restaurant and bar for our hotel. And then upstairs, go to the rooftop and visit Whiskey Charlie, which is an excellent cocktail and a quick little bar bite menu up there. Cool. With a gorgeous view. Yeah. Fabulous view. Right. Well, okay. Thank you so Thanks. much. All right. Well, right. well, we're going to go back to you. Step up to the plate. I'm back. Uh, all right. So um, I, I had a note here about uh, the restaurant. You're the only carbon neutral restaurant in the nation's capital. What does that mean to the great unwashed? Uh, that means that we... Uh, I mean, so obviously what it means is you recycle, you're sustainable and all of that. But, uh, you know, I was wondering about, like, when you guys are processing trash with your haulers. Right. Are they especially attuned to what your needs are so that they're sticking with that? Oh, yeah, definitely. We have uh, something worked out with the company. And, I mean, from a logistical standpoint, it's a nightmare because we've got to separate everything behind the bar. Right. But it, uh, it goes not only just with the trash, but just, like, Reusing the ingredients. So you're composting and reusing yeah, stuff. Yeah, so, and... like, a lot of the stuff that uh, I utilize behind the bar would be stuff that, like, for instance, for another cocktail, we use rhubarb, and it's just the stock parts of the rhubarb that otherwise would not be used in the kitchen. Yes. And uh, just, so we are always constantly using ingredients, constantly not having things left over. If we have uh, coconut fat left over from a cocktail... Instead of throwing that away, we're going to bring it back into the kitchen and poach it and halibut. Right. That's very well, but I think food thinking. waste is a super, you know, it's a term that we're hearing a lot when restaurants come in and talk about eliminating as much food waste as possible. Is that a part of the mission at Bresca? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, mm-hmm. and it's a, it ins- it's something that inspires creativity if you, like, look at it from a certain angle. Absolutely. Like, you're able, you have to challenge yourself and say, how can I use something that normally is uh, just trash? And uh, it's not out. When, what is that saying that people always say? I mean, it's trash is another man's, I don't know, rhubarb treasure. 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 That's what you're Stick looking with for. me, Will. All right. <laughs> you had where there's a will, there's a way. I can't believe you dropped that one, but okay. Okay, what are we making next? Uh, so next we're making the uh, Bride's Mantle. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is another example. This is the uh, Broad Away cocktail, also with the rhubarb. Um, this is an example of a cocktail where, like, I love working with Ryan because it really pushes my own creativity. We have uh, Irish whiskey, uh, rhubarb syrup, uh, Flock de Gascon, which is a... What a what a what a? Flock de Gascon. So do you know mm-hmm. what Pinot de Chirance is? Mm-hmm. It's like the Armagnac version of Pinot de Chirance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Barado... Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> duh. I mean, I can see you're sipping one right now. I was, right. Uh, <laughs> so uh, then the Barado way functions like an egg white. So it's like a little bit of a frothy texture, but with a little salty, savory note to it as well. Nice. All right, great. Well, while you get to that, we'll talk with our next guest. Let's talk to Shannon Horton. So Hi, the, the, Shannon. Welcome. The, there are a number of things to talk to you about because we want to talk about vintage Virginia, but we cannot not start with the fact that your 2016 Petite Mansang, am I saying it right? Yes, Won absolutely. the Virginia Governor's Cup, which is the highest, most prestigious Award you can win in the state of Virginia it's for true. wines that come from 100% Virginia grapes, right? Yep, and you beat 500 and 
nine or ten other entries yes. to win. You're the number one wine in the state of Virginia. And it was a white wine, and it beat the red. And, I know, which is really and, strange, wait right? Wait a minute. Ralph Northam actually came out of the state house long enough to give you the award. Right. Oh, yeah. Ralph showed his let's real face. Not, let's not go there. That's, it's just not that show. And what? Thank you. Let's not go there, shall we? Uh, but let's talk um, about your vineyard for people... I don't know how people would not be familiar with it, but let's talk about the vineyard, a little bit of your history, and uh, the wines that you make. So we make over 47 different types of wine. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a broad range, so we kind of call ourselves like a, we'll have everything for any palate. If you like dry wines, sweet wines, white wines, red wines, fruit wines, dessert wines, sparkling, I have it. Oh my goodness. So... (laughs) And is it all grapes grown on your property? Like, what's the history? Mm-hmm. We've been in business. Uh, we were incorporated in 1989. So okay. This year is our 30 years. Wow. So it was So nice. you were really, like, at the beginning of, yes. like, that Virginia push, right? Yes. Because, I mean, Virginia, wines have been made in Virginia for a very long time. But the push of Virginia. Where the turning point was. Right, when yes. national, you know, was getting started to get started, getting more national attention compared to, like, today where, you know, Virginia is really... A powerhouse yes. um, in the wine world, especially in this country. Yeah. Talk to me about distribution because our sense is that it's it's more sort of onerous for the the vineyard owners to to sort of hook up with a distributor and 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 do. Why is that? Like, what happens there? Well, Virginia wines are so good and so popular. But they are, they are. But you absolutely want to make it convenient for the customer to be able to get to them. Yeah. Festivals were for a long time and still are a very convenient way be able to go to a lot of places all in one day mm-hmm. um, to be able to get their product and then go home right, and buy they, wine right they Not come just to your area and you can buy it absolutely right? festivals are the best way to do that um, but distribution is good because on a Tuesday night when you needed it then I can go somewhere and I can get it right um, we, but when you guys first started like distribution was almost no, nothing right it, there was it was very hard to get distribution going mm-hmm. um, we make 35,000 cases a year wow. um, yeah um, <laughs> We're a little busy. Um, we grow 500 to 600 tons of fruit per year, depending on how mm-hmm. the weather is, mm-hmm. um, is what we bring in off 67 acres. Um, and we process that. And so, but when you started the vineyard, what were the wines you were focused on? How has that evolved over time? So my father, Dennis Horton, was the crazy man who put in Vonier for the very first time in the mm-hmm. state. Which like he, became the national wine yeah. of Virginia. We had right. him or, on like eight years ago. He, yeah. He's been in studio, yeah. right? So and he was an all-in kind of guy, right? Big poker game kind of all-in because he put in twenty acres to start out okay. of his fifty acres that he had allotted. Oh. Um, he introduced a lot of grapes to the state um, that are widely done now. A um, lot more push on Cab Franc. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't that amazing? Because like when I think of Virginia Reds, Cab Franc is so important. Right. And we were the first one in the country actually to blend Tanat with Cab Franc, which is very much done in overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, he planted Tanat. He's done two Tariga Nacional, um, Tintacawa. Those are two Portuguese you think grapes. He said to plant or Tanat. Yeah, <laughs> well, he might. And have. I think that went around the kitchen table okay. a couple oh, yeah. of times. <laughs> this is Tanat. exhausting. Um, Thank you. But. Um, he did a lot, um, mm-hmm. and he changed a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Got the law changed so that a winery could even make port um, that wasn't even available, right, or a wine store couldn't carry it. It was only in an ABC store, and he got the law changed because it was a wine product to be able to carry something with a higher alcohol. So making, I mean, producing tens of thousands of cases of wine. Are you feeling climate change out there, or not yet? 
every year it's all up to my mother. <laughs> she she depends mother on Mother Earth or your mother? Both of them. Okay. Um Sharon does all the grapes and she maintains it. Um she tells me what I need to what we're gonna what our because uh, we've had a lot of rain. I mean, I would imagine yes, that we the had rainfall... a very we had a very rainy year last year. But the year before, we had the biggest bumper crop you'd had in Virginia. It was a California year, is what mm-hmm. my mother would call it. Hmm. Um, it was the large. She said it's the largest crop she'll ever see again. That's amazing. Um, it was just surplus. There was there was no wine to be. Nobody needed to bulk out wine. Nobody needed to buy wine. Everybody mm-hmm. had a huge crop. So some years you have really good, and then some years you don't have as much. So. Talk about Vintage Virginia a little bit. Have you? How long have you guys been participating in that? A long time. I remember because going. It's like how many years has it been around? Um, Diane. More than more yeah. than more than thirty. Yeah. 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 It's been yeah. around a long time, right? It was one of the staple largest um, festivals that Virginia has. Can we always just had. jump in and say it's coming up June first and second yes. at the Bull Run Special Events Center mm-hmm. in Centreville or Centerville as we call it. <laughs> um, uh, but I mean, it's an unbelievable event. Yes, my mother remembers working that thirty years ago. Wow. In Vintage Virginia. That was like the big highlight. And how many? Wa- and how? So. I remember going like 22 years ago, or maybe 23 years ago. When you were ago. three? No, yeah. I mean, I don't even think we were together, so it must have been longer. Oh, we must have been. Um, and, I mean, there was, how many wineries were there? I mean, there just wasn't the amount of wineries that were there, that are there today. So how many wineries are going to be at Vintage Virginia this year? So there's over 20 this year, but it's okay. going to produce, they're going to have, have over like 200 wines. That's amazing. For people to be, have available. Right. So not only can people taste it, right. but they can also Purchase. buy it. Yes. What I love about these festivals um, is that you can, you don't have to schlep the wine with you. So like right. you buy it and it's just waiting for you. Yeah. There's like, like will call. You yeah, can buy exactly. it and then it goes to a central it's area a, and pick no it up. It's a schlep zone. Yes, right. Exactly. Except for the two, will call to the car. Right. <laughs> you still got a minor that schlep zone. That part you do. <laughs> and that's um, when you're. Smashed. <laughs> and do you know anything about the VIP experience? Um, I know that they have one. Yes. There is a huge VIP. Diane, you want to get on, Mike, to talk about the here, VIP yes. experience? Here, here, here. So, Bull Run Special Events Park. The first 500 guests that come through the gates each day will receive free wine tumbler from Custom Inc. Okay. There's They're live, a big sponsor this there's year, live right? music. There's mm-hmm. food trucks. Um, there's a special enjoy Sunday fun day sparkling wine and famous donut wall. The for best the one is there a special VIP washroom. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So and there's extra food and extra taste upgraded. Wait, did you wine. say donut wall? Yes. Oh. On Sunday. That sounds like fun. So the experience is updated in the VIP area with food and different varietals of wine. Mm-hmm. And there'll be lots of food trucks. Yes. So there's lots of food to eat while you're sipping. Correct. All that wine. Now, what wines will you be pouring? Do you know? Um, I did bring some petite, 2016 this Petite Mansang. This is the Mansang, award winner. The yeah. award winner okay. for you. Mm-hmm. This one is only available at the winery. Okay. We are having um, everyone come schlep back to us. But I also brought our Stonecastle 2016, mm-hmm. um, which is a red blend that we put together. That's good. This is lovely. That's, That's the really Petite Mansang. I would give this an award. Yeah, thank like, you. I take my microphone back. <laughs> mm. Yeah, this is delicious. Woo. Um, what would you pair with this? Just about anything. Mm-hmm. It's a white wine that can handle a heavier dish. Um, but it can also be just having on the back porch. Right. No, it's lovely. Yeah, I yeah. think it's really nice with the peanut hummus. Right, we're gonna yeah. have to take a break. Yeah, we'll come back. But but when we come back, I want to hear about the your your absolute greatest moment uh, making wine and your biggest disaster. I love yeah. asking those. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. A yin and yang. All right. This All right. is David and Nikki Nellis. We'll be back in just a sec.
All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. I do want to thank our sponsors uh, for making the show possible, our friends at Ivy City Smokehouse and ProFish, Central Farm Markets, Meat Crafters. Thanks for supporting the show. If you're not a sponsor and want to be, you should be. Yes. So call me. Okay. Send up smoke signals. Anything. I don't care. So, So, Shannon. Yes. Tell us quickly your biggest win and your biggest loss. The highs and the lows. The highs and the lows. Mm -hmm. Oh, So, um, I would say for Horton Vineyards as a whole – um, planting Vonier and creating that wine was mm-hmm. probably the biggest high okay. um, that we've had. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and really of, changed the Virginia wine industry. It did. Mm-hmm. It, it did a lot for, for Virginia. Um, I think some of the biggest lows um, sometimes happen in the cellar, um, like um, sometimes backing into the tank um, with the forklift. Um, and then, do that it. sounds like when a, you, when sounds you like have a to call the owner and say, okay, so the whole 5,000 gallon tank just went down the drain. Oh my goodness. That sounds horrible. It happens. So It doesn't then, happen all the time. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> no, but you could have made money off the public execution of that employee. <laughs> that would have been great. But it happens, you know, sometimes. Well, we want to thank you very much for joining us today. Congratulations on your big win, and we can't thank wait you. to see you at Vintage Virginia. Just tell everybody, to, aside from Vintage Virginia, June 1st and 2nd, out in Centerville, how do they find Horton Vineyards? Um, we're on um, Facebook. We have a website, and we are in Gordonsville, Virginia. We're just a two-hour drive outside the city. And you can come to the vineyard, right, for two Yes, things. absolutely. We are open seven days a week. We're only closed Christmas Day and New Year's Oh, my day. God. Everybody, get in your car. Yeah. Go. I think Will Patton's going to come with his typewriter. Okay. There you go. <laughs> okay. Thank you for joining thank us. You so okay, All right. Great. Will, we're going to go back to you. Come on, Will. So, Will, what does it mean to you to get the Rammy nomination? Uh, job security. Job security, there yes. We go. Uh, okay, you didn't need to answer my, the question for him. He's a big boy. I'm helping. My uh, parents can finally stop asking when I'm going to go back to college. Okay. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a nice part. What are you going to do for a living, right? Exactly. Or, uh, yeah, what do I do during the day is another good one. Mm-hmm. But um, it means that... Well, As parents, I can really relate well, to those honestly, questions. Well, honestly, our son's in the same say. business. We're wondering why he went to college. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> it's not true. I, I have less debt than a lot of people. Um, but no, it means that uh, it also means that it's a chance to kind of like push and uh, get better. Like, it's cool that I get to be here and make cocktails for y'all, but now mm-hmm. my cocktails have to be really good or else you're going to be like, right. oh my God, why do you get nominated? Well, they have been really good so far, except I've only had one, and I need to have the other. So if you want to pass that down this way, that would be fabulous. Uh, thank you very much. All right, much. let's introduce our Please. next guest. Will has to tell us what he's making next. He's oh, that's right. He's making one more cocktail. What are you making next? The uh, final cocktail to uh, end with is the Other King. It's with uh, Monkey Shoulder. It's a uh, blended malt scotch. We take a white Francesca white port, infuse it with fermented strawberries, so you get a little bit of the funk from the fermented strawberry, but uh, we're cutting down the sweetness. A little Amaro, a little bra, a little Benedictine, a little liquor quanti trace. That yeah. implies that there are primates walking around with only one shoulder. By the way, I, well, your glassware is beautiful. Well, thank you very much. That was, uh, was a Chef Ryan pick. Yeah, that's stunning. Cool. Okay, great. We well, right. get to work, and so we're gonna go. Here we go. We're gonna do May, something totally opposite now. May, and it's near and dear to my heart now. Mm-hmm. May is a Mediterranean diet month. Mm-hmm. I don't know who declared that, but we'll take it. Yes. And our friend Amy Riolo is back. Amy is, I want to say this right, you're a culinary cultural anthropologist, among other things, and a chef and other things, and a cookbook author. Yes. And she's with Dr. Sam Pappas, who is, uh, uh, I guess, her, her partner in essentially helping people eat better, live longer, be smarter about what they put in their bodies. That's the right best tagline ever. <laughs> and and uh, Amy's new book is the Mediterranean Diabetes Cookbook, and Dr. Pappas wrote the, I'm going to call you Sam, and Absolutely. Sam wrote the uh, the intro, 
And they're here. Well, this book, this isn't your first book with the American Diabetes Association, no, right? No, it's my third one. That's what them. I thought. It's a reprint of my second book, uh, which was the Mediterranean Diabetes Cookbook. So okay. this is a second edition. That's what I thought. Okay. So, um, Sam, tell us a little bit about your role here and your role in Eating Healthy. So I've been blessed to uh, collaborate with uh, with Amy. But first, I'm going to say, Nick, you look... Like the healthiest person on radio. Oh my God! Well, that's because you can't can see anybody say else. This as a doctor, right? <laughs> whoa, 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 everybody! On Stop! Radio. Stop! Yeah, I'm sitting right next to you. <laughs> so I've been blessed to work with Amy. Uh, yes. Collaborating, you know, uh, a, a a chef and a physician teaming together to work on lifestyle to help health and wellness. Mm -hmm. But in your practice, how do you work with people in health and wellness? So you know, I'm an internist who also has an interest in health and wellness. So my, my passion is looking at the root cause of a problem mm -hmm. rather than taking a pill to match an ill. Mm -hmm. Which I think is super smart. Um, so many people and these which days, rhymes. well, no, but so many people these days are eating. I think people are very confused how to eat these days. There's so many diet plans out there. You know, David is on a specific diet right now. I have friends who are doing keto or whole 30, like, Everybody's trying to find this way to eat or to not eat in order to be healthy. How do you advise people to eat to be healthy? Well, I think the key is to personalize and often, you know, experiment to be the citizen scientist. But I remind patients that the majority of diets are like 90% similar. Mm -hmm. right? So let's focus on just some of the basics. And then we get on the periphery about some of the specifics based on your particular needs. Mm -hmm. Well, Amy, and, and when you're working with um, the uh, American Diabetes Association, sure. what what are the restrictions for diabetics? I, I, I don't think people are really clear about it because, you know, there's juvenile diabetes. There, there's lots of and then there's um, elderly onset diabetes. So there's lots of ways that diabetics. Sure. Some can some can alleviate through eating and some can't, right? Right, right. so a lot of the, the focus now is on type two because mm -hmm. that's those are the biggest numbers. Mm -hmm. So one out of every two American adults has either diabetes or prediabetes. One what out does prediabetes mean? What does so that mean? So this is people, well, I'll, I'll actually, you should, you should describe that. I mean, we have a doctor here. Yes. Right? <laughs> Amy's pretty smart. Uh, on a continuum, prediabetes means you're on the cusp. You're hanging out with these bad characters. And although you may not officially have diabetes, you've been having a problem with your metabolism so for like your 10 years. So your glucose is up and... Actually, oftentimes the glucose is the last thing to go up, but you get fatty liver. And this is an example where foie gras is not a good thing. Okay. And you have a big belly. <laughs> that was good. It's a food show, for God's sake. <laughs> so with the ADA, what we, oh, what we look at, for example, when we're writing the recipes of the book, is not only the sugar, everybody knows about the sugar and it has to be controlled, but also carbohydrates. You want a certain number of protein. Every meal should have balanced but amounts aren't of carbs, carb, protein, and fat. This goes to both of you. Aren't carbs... Sugar? Yep. It depends on which kind of sugar, how they're dissolved, how they're absorbed in the body. So mm -hmm. not all carbs are created equal. Okay. So some, for example, I have the white bean, um, feta, and lemon dip. So the beans Which are looks carbs, delicious. right? But, but they're absorbed a little bit differently than if you were just to able to eat a, eat a simple but sugar. Isn't it also true the two different kinds of fat? There's sort of jello blubber fat, and then there's visceral fat that surrounds your organs, and that's the, the killer, right? That's a great point. That's often missed. Good for you. you. Look at Thank that. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Tune in wow. next week when I do my own show. <laughs> so often you have to do a body composition analysis, you know, to see how much body fat you have to look for that visceral fat. So that's a great point. I mean, that's the program I'm on does that. So that, But really, the, I mean, listen, it's 10 times easier to gain weight than it is to lose it. Exactly. But the real key is once you lose it, 
is the is how you keep it off, and that's why this is so interesting to me because, yeah, because this right. isn't this just is for people with diabetes. Bible. This is no. a really good way to exactly. Eat. And Nick, you know, that's a good point because a lot of people look at it, they see the title, which it has because it was published in collaboration with the American Diabetes Association, and say, "Oh, I don't have diabetes." And I said, "Well, good. Eat this way. You'll stay that way." You know, this right. is the way I eat at home. This is Mediterranean diet, so named the number one you know diet for 2019. It's great mm-hmm. for everybody, and um, it just will really help people to enjoy the best foods. And in addition to you know working within what's restricted and what's allowed, one of the things that Dr. Pappas and I like to do is focus on the foods that are ge- going to give you the most bang for your buck. So things that will actually help to reverse certain issues. Like what? what? Well, keep for going. example, broccoli. You know, they've recently proven that broccoli can actually help to rewrite your DNA. So there's some um, there's certain ingredients that if you eat them, um, uh, yogurt, for example, uh, Greek yogurt has inulin in it, which looks like insulin, but it's missing the S. And the inulin uh, we found can help to keep blood sugar levels even. Is that true with Icelandic with the skier too or not? Or do we not know? I'm yeah, not... sure, sure. Yeah. If it, it doesn't have to be Greek. If, it, if it's a good quality um, yogurt, it will have inulin in it. So a broader question. Why... I mean, have you guys sort of buttoned down on why why is America getting fat? Why are the kids fatter? Yes, why are, processed food. I can answer that question. Is it processed food or is it just lack of? I mean, is it is it video games and TV? Is it, it what is it? Yeah, it's it's pretty much a combination of everything, you know. And, and I, I, you know, and, and giving suggestions and kind of solutions to people because I I try to look at it like there's a lot of we can do instead of things that we're doing, you know, improperly. Mm-hmm. But um, you know. Viewing food as a friend and and is something that's really going to help us. And as a medicine, I think that starts valuing community, valuing a shared meal. And a lot of times, you know, nowadays people don't have time to eat a specific uh, maybe dinner together, but there's still 15 minutes here or there where you can convene, um, choosing a, a better food over another and I know uh, we just had a magazine article come out yesterday about this, and you could talk about some of the lifestyle. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's a great point. I always like to say, and not only is the food toxic and the environment toxic, but the culture is toxic. You know, we just make poor choices. We don't get any sun. We don't sleep well. We don't exercise. Okay, just for the record, we get sun. Like, the minute that sun is out, we're, we're at the pole. I'm only green sun. during the winter. Right. In the summer, <laughs> like the I'm the color of this table. That's we why you guys D, look so D, vibrant. That's we don't right. have to worry about it. It's also You're great exempt. for all the hormones as well, Nikki. So mm-hmm. the sun, yeah. we think one of the reasons why the Mediterranean uh, – environment is so good it's because they're in the sun yeah and they're also like in the mediterranean so there's that do you know what i mean and they don't like, pay their taxes so right. there's some other I mean, issues it's gorgeous yeah. they're by the water you know fresh fish i mean that lifestyle lends itself to right. living a certain way so we can try to replicate it so i have chapters on that in the book and actually blog posts i dedicate to that um sometimes i because i'm happy to like live in a fake world it's easy. i'm totally we're, we're moving, cool we're moving, we're like, to a cc right as, as soon as i die and we get right. my insurance money. Oh, no. <laughs> i'm moving to a cc that's where that's i'm right. coming I'm goodbye <laughs> she, every um, morning she says are you still alive <laughs> son of a gun <laughs> um well, one of the things I'm sort of curious about is how do we implement this? Because you mentioned um, prescription eating, which is a there's a national push for especially people in low income communities who don't have access to fresh whole foods um, and education as mm-hmm. well. I mean, you know, more farmers markets are opening up in these areas, but a lot of people don't know what to do with some of those foods and they can only spend so much money and it's processed food is a lot cheaper. Right. Um, but there is this this push for prescriptions. Doctors actually writing prescriptions mm-hmm. for healthy food. So where do you stand on that? And, and how do we enact that and help people who don't have access get the access they need? I mean, it's a great question. I, I think the medical community has been so behind the times uh, and it really has been pushed by the citizen scientists saying, we want more, we want a better mm-hmm. choice. Uh, you know, Hippocrates said, food is medicine. 
Uh, but in my experience, if we wait for the medical community, it's going to be very slow. I think, you know, these kind of organizations, these folks here in this room, mm-hmm. I, what you all are doing, I think, is ahead okay. of the curve. All of this is good. All the wine and alcohol is good. <laughs> Absolutely. Moderation is key, Absolutely. right? Just a little, little, little. Another um, thing I believe, uh, Nikki, yes. to, to just to kind of piggyback off that is the children. You know, it's really great to work with the kids. So I do mm-hmm. a lot of uh, volunteer work sometimes in schools, and they have the chefs adopt things. If you can convert the kids or or entice the kids, give they them a little romance with the food, they bring it home, mm-hmm. and then it implements the school menu. I had an example of that but with you know, kale and collard greens. You know what's crazy, though? I mean, yes, I am old enough to remember when John Kennedy had us doing sit-ups, you know, for, for 20 minutes award. a day. No, I mean, but, I mean, it went back to they were worried about America's kids being kind of you know, overweight and out of shape, even back then. Sure. And really nothing has, if anything, the situation's worse. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'd love to talk about the recipes that are in here, and let's let's dig in more how people can live this sort of healthy lifestyle. Sure. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We're going to live well. We'll be back in a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. Just again, want to thank our sponsors, our beloved sponsors, ProFish. Mm-hmm. The Ivy City Smokehouse, Meat Crafters, and Central Farm Markets. If you want to become a sponsor, give us a shout. We'd love to have you. So let's get back to Amy and Sam. Um, carbs came up during during the break. You want well, to not just carbs. What really came up during the break was we know people with diabetes who are in the food world, and um, it's really hard. Food is such a social thing. It's not just our nutrition and how we you know, thrive and survive, but it's also... Yeah going out for drinks and going out for lunch and going out for dinner. And we have exactly. big family family functions that food is a part of. But you go to these restaurants, and uh, thank God now more restaurants are vegan-friendly, vegetarian-friendly, gluten-free friendly. Right. Um, they're very savvy to people who have, like, intolerances. Sure. But you don't see anything about diabetes. Right. So why is that? There's a big stigma of uh, people word. that have with diabetes. Uh, there's a lot of judgment. Everybody assumes that it's a lifestyle illness and that if they, you know, did more, then they wouldn't have diabetes. So people with diabetes are actually embarrassed. I was actually part of a panel discussion with doctors and patients at the U.S. Endocrine Society about five or six years ago. And this came up because I wanted to create menus and help restaurants have menus. And they said, you know, if you had it, I wouldn't order that way. Yeah, but don't you think it's more like when when you say the word cancer, people get scared. And when somebody has cancer, they the tendency is to sort of back away. Right. And diabetes is like it sounds like a. Death sen- I mean, my father exactly. had it, and he lost exactly. toes and all that right. stuff. I mean, it right. was like... And they scare people. You know, if someone's diagnosed, not, not Dr. Pappas, obviously, but a lot yeah. of other people will say, you know, if you don't take care of this, this happens. And so everybody just kind of, like, retreats. Right, because it's easier to um, stick your head in the sand. Right. But for both of you, how do you read a menu? How do you go out and read a menu and say, okay, this is what I can do so that I can go out to dinner or go out with friends and still remain healthy? I, I have two sides because one is the chef side and one is the, the healthful side. Mm-hmm. So I try to fuse them. I always look for the vegetarian dish or the vegan dish and the seafood dishes mm. because if they I look at the vegetarian dish and Except I judge for the restaurants fried on seafood it. dishes, right? Yeah, well, I mean, come on. But right. the vegetarian, you know, that shows for a chef that shows a lot of creativity because for a lot of people it's an afterthought. So if I see a chef who's doing something exciting with vegetables, mm-hmm. that grabs my attention. Then I look at the seafood and say, okay, what's really healthy? What can what is there on this menu that people can actually eat? Well, I mean, listen, and we had the EMP 180 guys on here, and I'm on that diet. I mean, their whole thing is you go out to dinner at night, get yourself, you know, good eight ounces or 10 ounces of protein, and cover yourself in good vegetables, not cooked in butter, and not, you know, not cooked the life out of, 
and that's a great meal. Just don't eat the bread. Don't eat the other stuff. Don't eat the ice cream. You know, just sure. fill yourself yeah. with that and be happy and move on. Yeah, I think if your metabolism isn't optimal, then you want to have a meal that has a protein, a healthy fat, and some vegetable. Okay, so for people who don't know what a healthy fat is, how would you describe a healthy fat? Well, we're kind of biased, Amy and I. You know, olive oil probably stands out, mm-hmm. uh, but nuts, fish, uh, even some healthy butter a little bit as well. Uh, Chia seeds, flax seeds, walnuts, walnuts, avocado. exactly. So, I can think you overdo f- on olive oil? I mean, I part of my deal is I'm supposed to chug, you know, a couple of te- tablespoons Yay! of olive oil That's every great. day, which I do, but <laughs> yeah. which is why we don't have any. But um, uh, can you overdo with olive oil? You, you, really, you really can't. I mean, in the studies in the low carb Mediterranean research, why are you looking at me like that? Because you told care. me I could. <laughs> she don't know. She don't know. Moderation, if you're doing olive oil on chocolate cake, then yeah. that's not Moderation a good thing. Moderation is key. That's right. But not with olive oil. No, but even three or four tablespoons a day were done in Spain and Italy. Well, I wasn't having a, you know, a beer stein no. full of olive okay. oil. But well, we a need... shot glass of olive oil is pretty good at that. Yes. We should all be getting about two to four tablespoons of good quality, low acidic, high phenolic olive oil to reap the benefits. And I brought one of those back um, from Italy. It's uh, this year's nope. harvest. And mm-hmm. it's one of the places that I lead tours to in uh, in Italy. But low phenolic, uh, sorry, low acidic, high phenolic is what you want because those phenols have the good stuff. Also, talk oil. about what if, I mean, it, it, I am not abnormal in the in the fact that when I go for my three meals, like, Around eight or nine o'clock, I get hungry, and around four in the afternoon, I get hungry. So, what are the good snacky stuff things that that you can do that aren't going to add to the problem? Greek yogurt, uh, crudite, something like this bean uh, dip over here, either mm-hmm. their hummus or the the white bean the dip's dip. Over there, I have um, it. Oh, great! <laughs> but it's delicious. Fruit, pickles, probiotic stuff. Well, so yes. let me ask about fruit. We have like a minute left. Fruit has sugar. So how do you advise people to eat fruit? Like which fruit? At, when they're diabetic. So they're diabetic. I tell them, you know, on days that you work out or strain your muscles especially, fruit is okay in combination with other things. But on days that you don't work out, to do more fasting and more low carb. Okay. So you're pro- when you say fasting, how do you mean fasting? Well, fasting is all the rage now, as you guys know. Uh, that could be reducing calories, mm-hmm. uh, intermittent fasting where you only eat for eight hours a day, or let's say, for example, twice a week, just to eat less. Okay. Oh, so it doesn't. Okay, that makes me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> the thought of like not eating. There's like, a fast for everyone. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. I don't think you need to fast, Nikki. When we first, when we first met, is that what you meant by I was too fast? No. That's no. Not. I mean, <laughs> I'm All right. Well, listen, uh, Amy. Let's tell everybody where they can find, find your the, the Mediterranean sure. Diabetes Cookbook. So it's available on Amazon, and uh, you can already order it now, and it officially is going to be released tomorrow. Congratulations. It's Thank so beautiful. You. And they are fantastic recipes. And there's an amazing in introduction by Dr. Sam Pappas. Yes. Thank you both for having me. alive right. another 20 years. Right. That looks great. <laughs> Thank 40. You. 40. Right. Did I say 20? I'll 40. never get to Assisi. Okay. All right, Will Patton, step up to the plate. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about your last cocktail. Yes. Which one? That one. Oh. Isn't that uh, the last cocktail? Yeah, that's the uh, the monkey shoulder for me. Okay, you've so, been drinking while you've right. been making these cocktails. Yes. So, well, so what, guess what? My question is: is that you use a lot of ingredients yes. in your cocktails, and there's sort of been a trend in sort of the cocktail world where kind of less is more. How do you know when you've gone too far? Uh, uh, when the cocktail becomes very muddy, mm-hmm. and uh, but that means like you you don't you lose the uh, different layers of flavor. Uh, I like to uh, construct cocktails similar to like a plating. So, like, if I just served you a steak, you'd be like, that's a really great steak. But maybe you want, like, a rub on it. Uh, we serve, like, a really great marrow emulsion with ours and, like, lots of chives. We put chives on everything. So mm-hmm. 
as long as the uh, ingredients don't like climb over each other, if they uh, play well together, then I think the more the merrier. And as far as your cocktails for the summer, what are some of the like fun things we can look forward to coming up? Oh, um, like with the herbs coming up, and is there anything you're looking forward to playing with? I'm super excited. Uh, we just got a bunch of apricots in, so mm-hmm. we're uh, we're gonna start playing with those. Uh, cherries are in season right now. You so use the pits. You know, there's that nut in the pit of the yeah, apricot. Yeah, we actually we uh, one of the plans we have is to uh, make our own amaretto. Oh, uh, cool! Because again, like we want to use. All of the apricot. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, we're doing cherries. Uh, so they're like really nice, sweet tartness of the cherries. Going to go in a rum old fashioned sort of thing coming up. But really, like uh, just like the kitchen, we're very hyper seasonal. So if we can get something very cool for just like three weeks, mm-hmm. we're going to do something really cool well, for three weeks. Speaking of the kitchen, we should mention that this restaurant has a Michelin star. We do right? have a Michelin star. And which is so Ryan, uh, well, poor Ryan, when he was in here last time, I kept calling him Brian, but it's Ryan <laughs> Rotino. Oh, I'm going to call him he, Brian all day today. He is, is great. he is a master in the kitchen. Um, and what about where do you stand on mocktails? How do you feel about cocktails that don't have alcohol? I think they're great. Do uh, you execute any? Oh yeah, we have a we have a list on our uh, menu. We call them mm-hmm. boissons, which is because uh, we're a French restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're really important. Not everyone can drink because maybe you're pregnant, maybe you don't like alcohol, or maybe you have religious uh, beliefs that go against it. But like that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be able to really experience what we do. So we try to like use espumas or infusions or uh, a lot of shrub work to like make interesting drinks for people who aren't able to have alcohol or don't want to. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining us this morning and making all these gorgeous cocktails. Tell everybody where Bresca is. Yes. Oh, Bresca is at 1906 14th Street, so just a block south of uh, U and 14th. Good location. And uh, just a reminder, Bresca is one of the nominees for the Cocktail Program of the Year at the Restaurant Association of Metropolitan Washington Ramy Awards, which is coming in June. Can I also shout out uh, one of our bartenders, AJ, is currently in the Dominican Republic competing internationally for uh, Brugal competition. Cool. And uh, I will be in Louisville in July competing for a National Copper and Kings American Brandy Cup. Look at you. Good for you. All right. Well, well the we hell with college, I say. <laughs> right. Well, we Forget can't it. wait to hear the results. All right. So everything you guys heard on the show today, you can find in Nikki's, uh, Nikki's uh, website, thelistareyouonit.com. Follow her on Instagram. Follow her on Twitter. Follow her on WTOP every week. Where else? Uh, oh, and our radio show. Uh, Actually, tomorrow right. on Industry Night at the Fabulous Line Hotel, we are going to be talking whiskey in more ways than one. Uh, we have the team from Jack Rose coming in. They're going to be talking about all their vintage whiskeys, and they're opening up a new restaurant called The Imperial, where there is a tremendous collection of vintage uh, spirits. So we're going to get into all of that on the show tomorrow. And we're going to Scotland. We're going to Scotland. We're going to be drinking whiskey. <laughs> right. So we're going to be gone. Not on my the, diet. No. We're going to be gone for the next two weeks. But when we come back uh, on June 9th, oh my God, that's so long from now, we are really going to be rocking out an incredible show. We'll have the team from Zeppelin coming in and more Rammy nominations. We want to thank everybody in studio and everybody great. else joining us today. And everybody else, have a delicious week. 